tonight, and, uh, and isn't it awesome how they continue just to be champions and everything? I came across a great picture of them that I want to share with you. It just seems to resonate with me. Um, here it is. The Blackhawks, we don't always win. Oh, wait, yes, we do. It's awesome. So hopefully game seven is another win. Hopefully that means fireworks in our neighborhoods, all the good stuff that comes with the championship. You know, it's a great time to be in Chicago, isn't it? And uh, I always am curious, what drives certain teams or companies to excel? Like for the Blackhawks, is it Coach Quenville? Like is he just that awesome of a coach that he's, he's prepared them so well? Is it the veterans on the team like Taves? Uh, you know, is it, is it those guys leading the, the charge? Or maybe just their training, that they just train like none other, and that's what really gets them there. Have you ever wondered what drives certain people or companies or teams to dominate? I'll never forget Michael Jordan. Anyone see his acceptance speech into the Hall of Fame? He had tears in his eyes, and, and he basically said part of his drive was basically to prove himself to others. So he was, had a chip on his shoulder, wanted to prove how he really was the best. Well, we're gathered here today at Amazing Love. And one of our goals here is to be great. Great not for our own sake, but great for the sake of God. The goal today is to be the people and the church that please Him in all things. But how do we get there? What makes a church truly great? That's what we want to talk about today. And I believe the answer is exactly who we're talking about. The greatness of this in any church is the Holy Spirit and His power working through His people and through His means. And that's what we get into. Welcome to Amazing Love. If you're new today, we're so glad you're here. And we hope that the Holy Spirit is working actively in your heart as well. And we get to see now from Acts what God was doing. You know, at Amazing Love, we are planning some really great things. Sat down with some leaders and uh, just looking at our ministry plan, I want to give you a vision of what's coming. And one of the great things we continue to plan is music. And we're praying, and it's our goal to build up music to God's glory continually, whether it be adding guitar or drums. You're going to hear today about teen events. And we think that we've got great teen events. We have great youth leaders, this I know. And I think God is going to take hold of this and continue to bring great things for our teens. We have children's ministry like Fusion or We Worship. If you haven't checked them out, please do. That God can use in great ways. We're going to be in the community aggressively looking for others through ice cream socials, soccer camps, through invitations of others. And we're making all these great plans to reach the lost with the love of Christ. But the plans mean nothing without what we're talking about today. And who are we talking about today? The Holy Spirit. They mean nothing without Him. For He is the power. And I'm here to tell you as pastor, the power of this place sure isn't me. And the power of this place isn't creativity. The power isn't uh, great programming. The power of this place is the Holy Spirit working through His people and His means. And that's what we see in the lesson. So let's get into it. Our lesson today is from Acts chapter 2. It's the day of Pentecost. Pentecost really just means the 50th day. They were celebrating the 50th day after the Passover. Uh, for the church, it's sometimes the 50th day after Easter that we celebrate Pentecost. I invite you to turn there now and to read from Acts chapter 2, middle of page 7. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house that they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak to another in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit showed up. And what happened? God's people were empowered to do great things. We're going to talk about that power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts today. Let's continue. If you've ever been dreaming, have you ever sensed that you were in the midst of your dream? Can I have you get a raise of hands, whoever knows when they are in the midst of their dream? I love that sensation, and I actually try to manipulate it. Uh, for me, whenever I know that I'm in a dream, I try to fly. And it's the coolest thing. If you've ever been flying in a dream, it's this awesome sensation. I'm not sure I like flying that much today, but, but if you fly in a dream, it's fantastic. And, and so I'm, my, my, my modus operandi, I always go to flying. I try to jump off something or whatever. Falling is a different experience, but flying is way better. And, um, and it brings me to a cool ability. Um, if we had the ability to fly, how many of us might pay for that ability? Like if we could be Superman and whenever we want to just dun dun and take off, uh, maybe by a raise of hands, who would pay for this ability? I would. I think that would add some real significance, not only impressing your friends, but think of all the places you could travel. I mean, I'm not sure the universe, I know he goes to like different planets, but, but I would love that sensation, right? Uh, the ability to fly is just awesome. Today, I think we're talking about what God can enable us to do through the Spirit that's even better than flying. We're talking about the Spirit empowering us. And there was one person who looked at what the Spirit was doing through the apostles. See, the apostles in the early Christian church, they were healing people miraculously. People had been sick all their lives. Peter would walk by, get up, okay, I'll get up, and they walked. Incredible. Peter would put his hands on people. They would receive the Holy Spirit, and, and, and sure enough, they'd believe and follow Jesus. People took notice, and they said, wow, that's awesome. And so there was one man named Simon who says, you know, I'd like to buy that. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. It's Simon the sorcerer, who, who used other types of things to impress people. And, and Simon comes up to Peter and says, can I buy that gift? I, I'd love to have it. What do you think? Could you buy the gift of the Holy Spirit? Uh-uh. In fact, look at the response from Peter. Peter's actually pretty stern. He says this, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. So no, we can't buy that gift. But here's the good news, my friends. What you might want to buy and what I would want to buy, God gives away for free. And to talk about that, I want to talk about selfies. Who loves to make uh, selfies, post them on Facebook? Anyone, anyone? I don't. I look way better far away. So selfies is like there's some stuff you just don't want to see. It's not better up close, trust me. But I'm reminded of selfies from the Oscars. You had this great one, and uh, sometimes people have photoshopped and cropped their own face in there and, and all that great thing. But what do you need in order to take a selfie? Anyone? Camera, and particularly a smartphone, right? Because um, if you want to post that baby on Facebook, Instagram, you've got to have a smartphone with some Wi-Fi or some 4G and get that on there. And, and I would tell you that without the smartphone, you have no selfie. Without a selfie, there's no smartphone. They go into that. If you want a selfie, you need a smartphone. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit does not come through our cell phones. Don't worry if you have an iPhone, Android, it doesn't matter. But just as you need a certain tool to have a selfie, you need certain tools to have the Spirit. Now, where God comes to us, if you really want the Spirit and His power, it's very simple. It's happening right now. See, what the Holy Spirit comes through is the gathering of hearing His Word. 
The word is where he contends to bring his power. That whenever we hear his word, expound on scripture, it could be at home listening to a podcast, it could be opening scripture ourselves, it could be hearing a pastor preach the word, that is where the Holy Spirit shows up to work inside of you and to empower you. The Spirit is also active through two sacraments that we celebrate at this church. One of them is the gift of baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, man, we invite you to this gift. Peter talked about the gift of baptism. Look what he said. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who works in us new life and faith and forgiveness through these means. We celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And it's through the forgiveness of sins offered there, the good news of Jesus in in the bread and wine, in with and under the body and blood, um, that that is where we receive forgiveness and the Spirit's active, forgiving our sins, creating faith, sustaining us. But it's interesting because these are simple things, aren't they? You've probably seen a font before with some water. You've probably seen the Lord's Supper somewhere. You've probably seen a Bible somewhere. And you know what our temptation is? What's the big deal with that? And it's kind of like if if the Spirit was hidden in the bottom of the Mariana Trench, everyone would be on a quest to get to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. But Jesus comes to us so simply, the Spirit works so simply that sometimes we're like, so what? Don't matter. And we're all tempted that way. To look at the simplicity of how God works and sends his spirit and say, doesn't make a big deal. And the sin that God is calling us away from is neglecting those gifts, those tools, the word and the sacraments. And he's speaking to you today and say, open your eyes to see the majesty found therein. To see the power found therein. Celebrate your baptism. Celebrate the receiving of the Lord's Supper. Celebrate whenever you can be in the Word and hear from your God because there He's going to show up and work in your heart. And when we do these simple acts, it's there we find the good news of Jesus. I love the Gospel. That's why I'm here. Jesus the Savior who would look at any sin and enter into that sinner's life. I remember the tax collector, Levi, a known thief. He'd enter into that guy's life and say, you know what, Levi, follow me. I've forgiven you, I love you. And he'd go to that tax collector's house. And there'd be prostitutes and sinners gathered all around for this party. And Jesus was there directing them, forgiving them with his word. Jesus is the one who has forgiven any and all sin. You cannot be too bad to be forgiven. That's the great news of God. Jesus is the one who is here giving us peace and hope. Jesus is the one who sought us even when we sought him not. Coming into the world, living for us, dying for us, and rising again. We find him, my friends, through the word and sacraments. And there the Spirit is at work inside of us. But maybe you're wondering, what can the Spirit actually make me do? Maybe you're saying, well, I, I, I hear the Spirit's power. Sometimes flying sounds better than the Spirit. So maybe I should unearth what the Spirit can enable us to do. Why it's so powerful. Look again at verse 4. What happened? It says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, a bit of clarification. Uh, Here they had spoken 
languages they never, never learned. So it's like, you know, they didn't study for the Spanish exam, but they woke up the next morning and knew everything in Spanish, and they were just fine. Kind of crazy. I'd love to have that, especially with all the languages I've had. Um, but they could wake up the next morning, they never studied language, and they could speak in, in fluent language. And, and so people from all over the country could hear in their own languages what they were saying because these were intelligible languages that they were speaking. Incredible. Now, because the Spirit is at work in us, do you think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and speak Mandarin? Probably not. In fact, probably wouldn't be good to expect that. Or, or it probably wouldn't be good to expect that I can now miraculously heal you as much as I'd like to heal you. But what can the Spirit help us do? That's what we want to talk about. And to do that, um, have you ever been in the midst of a presentation, whether it be a comedian or a speaker, and, and you had this sensation like, is he stalking me? Because they're speaking directly into my life. I used to love Bill Cosby for that because Bill Cosby, I thought, could always relate to me in terms that I could, could relate to. It's like, wow, he, he knows my family. That's awesome. Must have been there. Sometimes that can happen in this place. Have you ever had this sensation where you're in church and you're like, what in the world is the pastor following me? Why is he talking directly to me? What's going on? Please stop. You're nosy. And what I believe is actually happening is not anything that I am doing, but the Spirit and what He's doing through the Word. Get this. passage says about the Word. For the Word of God is what? It's alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes. And so what I believe when the Spirit is talking to your life, that's not the pastor's power. That's the Spirit's power working through His Word into your life. God who loves you wants to speak to you through that word. But do you think I'm the only one who's able to wield the sword of the Spirit? I want you to leave today with the sword. You can wield it too, the double-edged sword. In fact, it kind of reminds me of watching cooking shows. Anyone watch this cooking show? Uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I love it. I love it. It's problematic for me though because I'm already a late-night snacker. And so when I see that, I want to snack some more. And not just snack, like I want a full-out meal. Right? So I don't know why it's on late-time television, but, but it gets me. And when I watch it, sometimes it, you, you know how to like, prepare a meat a different way or, or to season something. And, and the cool thing about cooking is that if you follow what they did to a T, sometimes it can turn out exactly how they did it. Right? And, and so maybe you've had this experience. So you followed something, and it turned out just as, as they did it, and it's fantastic. And so it doesn't matter that you have to be this guy or any other cook. If you just follow the directions, you can cook something pretty good. That's the spirit. When you go forward with the word of God, it isn't about who you are. It's about the fact that you're using the same tools as the professional used or, or whoever you're thinking of, and, and God's going to work right through you. Whether it be sharing your favorite passage, sharing your faith, sharing how God is working in your life, God can use that same tool in your life. Test me on it. See if you can't be like to someone else. Wow, you spoke right into my life because you shared God's word. What else might he empower us to do? So we talked about speaking the word and that tool. Well, to talk about this, I want to talk about favorite cleaners. Does anyone have any favorite cleaners that they like to use, just the wonder tool that does the job? I was reminded of an old movie called My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and uh, there was a guy who just used Windex for everything. 
You remember that? Like Windex for a blemish, Windex for a cut, Windex for the windows and anything. For me, the wonder tool was uh, OxyClean, uh, this guy. And I remember in college, I got OxyClean. I was doing my laundry. I soaked my T-shirts, everything. It even got the yellow pit stains out, which is awesome. And that's probably TMI, but I went there. And, uh, and, and so it was just the wonder thing. And you could take OxyClean, you could dilute it, put it in a, a bottle, and you could use it on the carpet in your car. I mean, just a fantastic thing. Works in so many different applications. I believe the Spirit of God wants to empower you to be that wonder, not cleaner, but the wonder gal or guy for him. Consider this passage in promise. It says, I can do how many things? All things. You are a wonder tool, my friends. All things through him who gives me strength. And granted, it might not be waking up speaking Mandarin tomorrow. Granted, it might be not miraculously hearing. But how about this? I truly believe that whatever God is calling you to do that is inside his will, he can empower you to do it. So maybe I'm speaking to a parent. A parent who knows the moment that they feel like blowing a gasket and going out of control and not being a parent that God called them to be. And the Spirit can work inside of you, not a sugar rush, not a nap. The Spirit can empower you to be that person. I'm talking to someone who goes to work each week and is wondering how to get through the, 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 the blah time of the day. And I'm here to tell you it isn't five-hour energy. It's the Spirit of God who can empower you to be the worker that God has called you to be. I'm talking about the Christian who knows God's will and wants to follow it, but it seems difficult. It seems impeded. I'm here to tell you the Spirit can empower you to do anything He's calling you to do. That's awesome. I believe that with all my heart. He can be powerful in you. So the question isn't, what can I do? The question is with the Spirit, what can't we do? for his sake and for his glory. But the final consideration of what makes the Spirit so awesome. Do I have any shoppers in here that when they shop, certain products just hit them? Very good, very good. I have someone in my household if I can refer to. And uh, I remember going shopping with my wife and we can look at thousands of shoes or so it seems to me until some of them just hit her. And not literally, and I don't, and it's, it's not literally, you know what I'm talking about, but they strike her. And, and these are the shoes that we've been on the search for. It just all aligns. It, it makes sense. The world is at peace because she was hit. And I'm at peace too. It's good. The Spirit of God is what hits us. The Spirit of God primarily is what work inside of us so that when we come together in this place, we see the cross and it hits us. That Jesus really is the Lord. That there is no one greater, no one higher, no one better, no one more loving than our Lord. He is the one who through the cross has redeemed us. And if you believe that today, if you trust that He really is Lord of all, if you believe you're going to live forever with Him and that's His promise in heaven, if you believe that you are a forgiven and loved child of God, that means the Spirit of God has done His primary work in your life. Consider this promise. It says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by Holy Spirit. He's awesome, isn't He? So claim the Spirit. 
Claim him as you pursue the word, as you pursue the sacraments. Claim him for your life because he can speak through you, he can use you, and more than anything, he'll show up regularly to convince you you are none other than a child of God who's part of an eternal family and loved by him for eternity. Amen. Please stand.